Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. Thank you for joining us for the program. We've got a great clip by Pastor Butch Vieter, recorded in February of 2008, about our calling and election. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 28, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, and to them who are called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, he glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? This is a very interesting um, run of verses. And a lot of warfare has gone on between parts and denominations about it. Because there is this teaching of the elect. And people are saying, hyper-Calvinists are saying, that people are elected to go to heaven. And it has only, the only thing it has to do with is God's choice. Not my free volition. So there's an amazing fight that's been going on in this chapter between Protestant churches. And they believe that you are ordained right out of the womb to go right to hell or right to heaven. There's nothing you can do about it. So what they're saying really is that free volition is nullified by God's sovereign election. And this has been debated in all kinds of books. I'm sure we could fill this room with books that are written about this and arguments about it. And I'm not mainly dealing with that. But let's look at verse 28 and see if we can um, extract and isolate some truth. And we know that all things work together for good for them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. People make uh, a bunch of bad assumptions about this. Number one says, all things work together for good for them that love God. <laughs> who loves God? We first love Him because He loved us. <laughs> All things are working together for good in my life if I love God. I think the second part of the verse helps us qualify whether or not we do love God, who are called according to His purpose. You know, God has an eternal purpose in my life. Like there's a re God has a reason beyond sparing me from hell that He saved me, and it's, it has to do with His eternal purpose. And you can loosely say eternal, God's eternal purpose in every life can be boiled down to three years. Salvation, fellowship, and a full reward. Salvation, fellowship. Now, the full reward part is curious because the full reward has to do with our ability to function in our calling. My inner man has his own life, and it's my call. And if I'm not working in my calling, my inner man is not happy. Because he's not being conformed to Christ's image. He's like a Hun. The Huns were warriors that grew up they stayed in a they stayed in a cradle 
when they were babies, their mothers wouldn't let them out of their cradle. They had to live in their cradle till they could, you know, till they were, you know, five or six years old. They're, they're in these cradles. That's why they were little tiny dudes that were just as wide as they were short. Because they, they, they would be the same shape as their cradle. Is that crazy? So, <laughs> and it's a lot of believers like that. They're stuck in their cradle. That my inner man has his own life and it's my calling. And if I don't walk in my calling, my, my inner man is not being strengthened with might. Because when I go through a lot of hell, my inner man has the potential to be strengthened with might inside me. Or, if I'm not walking in my call when I go through all that hell, and Christ is not my frame of reference when I go through all that hell, it, it's not profiting me, profiting me anything. We talked about it uh, two days ago, that all this stuff we go through only works for us in the infectual enduring of the same, was the expression. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1. So here, it says, All things work together for, for good to them that love God. And we can actually love God apart from His will. You know, I can have a love for God, but really hate what's going on in my life that He's sending me. So, <laughs> I'm not profiting from it at all. <laughs> So, the all things work together for good. It, 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 it's, we have to look at that in conjunction with the fact that God has an eternal purpose. Because every priority, need, and want I have points at an expectation threshold, ultimately. And if that expectation is not met, I fall short of that expectation threshold, and I can be unhappy, I can be depressed, I can live in anxiety, I can even live in panic attacks towards what I'm not getting done or what I don't get, right? That gives that verse more dimension. Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com In 2 Peter 1.10 it says, Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fail. That's quite a promise. I love that promise. And really, talking about our calling, our calling is what makes sense of our life. I, I love that statement, my inner man has a life, and it's my calling. And that we are strengthened in the inner man when we are functioning in, and definition is given, to what we're called to do. Why? why and so, not so much do, in the sense, but why we're here on the planet, what what our what our focus is, what our what our direction is, how how we're going forward in the next thing that God has given us, as God has put before us. And so different, you know, and to have a relationship, that idea that we can love God but 
that would be oblivious to our calling. And many people, if you talk to them, if you talk to wonderful believers and you go, you know, you have a calling. Um, to some people, that's really a shocking statement. Uh, that they would have a particular calling by God, from God. And that term is used in, you know, your calling maybe is your profession or something that you're well suited to do or something that your gifts, really you've discovered you have certain gifts and uh, you excel in a certain area and that's your calling. But um, there's a call on every life and few respond to that call. And, and when in responding to the call of God comes this amazing strengthening. So in Ephesians 3, starting in verse 14, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole, whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. It's amazing. That, that our calling in Galatians 1, starting in verse 1, talks about um, restoration of someone, the importance of it, being in meekness um, while you're doing it. But then it goes on to these other verses, which are really amazing. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ, it says in Galatians 6.2. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work. Then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. The law of Christ. Huh. I love that. Now, does that have to do with the Ten Commandments? No, it, it doesn't. This has to do with the fact that Jesus came and that ingrained in his person, part of his character, was that he was a servant. He came to serve. And he had a calling. And that calling was eventually to lead him to the cross. He knew it. And, and we don't know exactly how the Father revealed to Christ over the course of his ministry, but it was very clear that there was a certain point where he was going towards the cross. And it was long before it was obvious that he would be crucified. God, he knew that he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He knew what it would take to take away the sins of the world to fulfill the prophecy that John the Baptist had spoken from the scriptures. This, he knew these things and he was moving in that direction. This is where he, this was, in a sense, this was the law of Christ. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If you think you're something when you're nothing, you deceive yourself. You are nothing outside of the call of God. The call that God has put on your life gives your life purpose. It gives it form. It gives it direction. It frames your plans, your thought, your intentions. Let every man prove his own work. Then he shall have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Our call is not codependent on others. It is not 
it does not involve their responses in a very real way. We are a garden enclosed. We are walking with God. Whether people respond or not does not affect our joy. We have a joy because we're walking, practicing the presence of God, in the presence of God, moving in a calling that God has given. And then in verse 5, for every man shall bear his own burden. And there, that word burden is different. In verse 2, it says, bear ye one another's burdens, plural. And the word there in the Greek means weights. But here, in verse 5, it says, for every man shall bear his own burden. But the word burden there actually means freight or load. It is it is something so large that one person could not carry it on his back. It is freight. It, it needs to be moved on a vehicle. And that vehicle is the person of Jesus Christ. That vehicle is our calling. And it involves other people. You notice, we bear one another's burden. It involves others. And one of those others that involves are the people that communicate the word of God. It says in verse 6, Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. In other words, we have a real relationship with our teachers. We are discipled by people. And, and we are involved in people's lives. When we communicate to them the word of God, we impart to them, if that's something that's given to us to do as part of our calling. But we build up our pastors. We communicate to them. So we restore, we bear the burdens of those who have many weights and put it on our cart. (laughs) We add it, in a sense, to the freight of the person of Jesus Christ, who casting all of our cares upon him and moving um, the, 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 the ministry meets the needs of individuals. Well, it's one of the things that the apostles, when they met, when Paul met with the apostles, they all agreed on, that not to forget the poor because there are people with great weights in the world. And part of our calling is to minister to those without, who have little, who suffer, because of lack, and to bear those weights and add them, in a sense, to the load of the ministry which will be carried by the cart and not by us alone, because our burden is light. Hmm. In Ephesians 1.18 it says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Hmm. Christ has a calling, we have a calling, and there's great riches. Because of what Christ has done, because of what he accomplished in his calling, he was exalted to be a name above every other name. And that there is a richness of an inheritance that's been placed in the people of God. And we are to notice that. We are to notice his calling. We are to walk in our calling. And we are to function in the richness of a life in the body of Christ. That is into where our lives are intertwined with one another, not in codependency, because we have, in a sense, a real spiritual autonomy because of our life before God, because of our of our the our individual decisions we make before God as disciples of Christ Himself, and yet our lives are intertwined with many others. 
and everyone in the body has their own. They are members in particular in the body of Christ and have their own portion that adds, that works together, that every joint would supply. That things would function smoothly. That things would have have a, a forward momentum. That in a crisis many would gather together, many portions would gather again together with those in need, that their needs would be met, that there would be compassion and a manifestation of God's life in the world. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com So, built into the spiritual walk with God, Godliness with contentment is great gain. <laughs> when your inner man is strong, your inner man is going forward with God. And how we would go forward with God are the particulars of our calling. And God reveals it to us over time. When we're looking for it, He reveals. He reveals. So before you can walk in a calling, before you can even discover that you have one, First, it's very important that you know Christ and actually have a real relationship with God. It's based on what He's done. So, well, more than 2,000 years ago now, Christ died on the cross. He was buried. He rose from the dead. It says He bore the sins of all of mankind, that the wrath of God would be poured out on Him so that others would be able to come and bask in the warmth of God's acceptance with their sins paid for? Would you trade beauty for ashes and cry out to him for him to be your Savior? Pray a prayer with me. Father, I come to you. I I have a desire that my life would have purpose. I have a desire to have a strong inner man, but I come to you now with nothing to offer you other than that I believe in your Son, that I'm investing faith in what He's done for me, and I ask you to come into my life, transform me, make me yours, and then reveal to me the calling that you have on my life to serve in the body of Christ, to be a member in particular in an assembly. Lord, I ask you, I pray now, Save me. In Jesus' name, amen.